Episode 212, Simply Insurance. Hey Money Clan, a very warm welcome to the Chain of Vault podcast. I'm your host, Dennis O'Brien. And I'm Katie Welsh. So Katie, really fun episode with Saar all about insurance. Yeah, you know, first of all, whenever I think of insurance, well, I'm going to say before when I used to think of insurance, I would like immediately get tired because I would think like, yeah, it's important. But it's pretty boring. Kate, you know the thing is insurance is one of those things that you don't really care about until, until you, you need it. Until you need it and yeah. until you need to care about it. So yeah, definitely a really important area. And so I definitely is a person with lots of knowledge in the area and I really enjoy chatting to him and learning a lot. I think I always find it boring because I'm actually really overwhelmed by it. And he really broke it down so that it's much easier to manage. Yeah, I totally agree. So just before we jump into today's episode, we'd love to hear what kind of insurance do you guys have? Let us know on Instagram. It's at Chain of Wealth on Instagram. Send us a DM and let us know what kinds of insurance you have. All right, Kate, you ready to dive right in? Yeah. Awesome. Let's do it. Welcome to Chain of Wealth. Here's your host, Dennis, inspiring you to begin your journey of financial freedom. Sir L is the co-founder of Simply Insurance. He is a licensed life and health insurance agent with over 11 years of experience in the industry. He is an entrepreneur, insurance educator, and field underwriter. Welcome, hey, Sir. Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. So I want to start off the show. I'm curious to know what one major mistake most people are making when it comes to their insurance. So the biggest mistake that they're making is that they're shopping for themselves. That's the biggest mistake they're making. So when you're purchasing insurance, specifically stuff like disability insurance, life insurance, um, you know, even health insurance, you really want to shop for the people that are going to be affected by what happens to you. Right. So, you know, if Dennis, if you're out, you're shopping for Katie, if you're going to buy her some shoes, you're going to make sure they're the best shoes you can find because, you know, you're shopping for Katie. Right. And that's just how it is, right? The same for my husband. Like when I'm shopping for him, he's picky. I want to make sure he gets everything, you know, he wants. But when we shop for ourselves, it's like, oh, you know, I'll get those shoes. That's fine. I don't really need anything specific. Right. And we kind of treat insurance the same way, right? So like a lot of people, when they look at life insurance, they're like, oh, well, I don't really need life insurance versus saying, you know, hey, who am I leaving this for? You know, Katie needs life insurance, you know, on me if something happens to me, right? Like that's how it should be. But we don't really do that. We kind of look at it as something for us. And that's one of the largest mistakes we make because then we end up either not purchasing it or we purchase something that we consider is cheap and we don't get enough coverage. That's a good point. I've never thought of it that way. Yeah, definitely. And and I mean, like, it's like you say, like when you are shopping for someone else, you do put more thought and effort into it. But if it's something for yourself, you normally need very quick to dismiss it. And so it'll be like, oh, well, I just need the bare minimum. I'm not too worried about anything. But it's like you say, insurance very often is not for you. It often is for a dependent or something like that. Exactly. So the next question I have for you is how much room do people really have to negotiate their insurance? Are there ways to sort of bundle different products together to make things cheaper? Or what is sort of one of the better strategies that you see people taking advantage of? 
Absolutely. So there isn't any way to kind of like get a deal on insurance, like by calling the company and like, hey, you know, how about $30 a month instead of 35? Like you can't negotiate. Uh, Most insurance rates are created and mandated by the state departments of insurance. So and the reason why that's important to understand is because it means that no matter if you go through a licensed agent or if you buy online or if you go directly, the rates will always be the same. You don't pay more for dealing with an agent. You don't pay less for not dealing with an agent. The rates are going to stay the same because they're mandated by the state. So you can't really do anything on that aspect. What happens with um, companies like, you know, State Farm and, and all those bigger companies that can give you like a discount when you bundle is because the specific products like homeowners insurance on the more of the property and casualty side, they can discount you on that. But they can't help you with life and health. So that's why if a lot of times if you pull away from those companies and you go separate or individual, you usually can find lower rates for like your life insurance. But one of the biggest things that people are doing right now uh, is really going direct, going online and going direct. Now, while the rates can't be like you can't negotiate the rates, but the rates are starting to become more affordable for online direct to consumer type of products. So I've seen people doing that more often. Um, and that's kind of been the best route to go uh, as far as insurance. So as you were telling us that, I couldn't help but think I want to say it's progressive with they do like the price match guarantee. Is that right? I haven't watched a real commercial. We only have Netflix, so I haven't watched a real commercial in like a long time. (laughs) So they might not even have these commercials out anymore, but they compare different companies to each other. How does that work then? So, yeah, so the comparison is just basically, so each insurance company, their rates are mandated based on a lot of different things. So they have what's called reinsurance companies. So the reinsurance companies are basically the insurance companies for the insurance companies. So if your insurance company goes out of business, there's a reinsurance company that's backing it to make sure that they still can pay out on the claims, right? So a lot of people don't know this, but um, your insurance company has an insurance company. Okay. (laughs) So (laughs) what happens is that the reinsurance company says, hey, our rates have to be here and we can only accept this type of, uh, basically we can only accept this type of risk. So a lot of times when you go into underwriting, each insurance company has different underwriting guidelines and each insurance company is able to have different rates per thousand, but they're all set in a specific state mandated amount. So depending on where they are, the rates are basically mandated by each individual state. So that's why you end up getting so many different rates depending on the company where it's located. And that's why you can have that comparison because while they are mandated, they'll still be different based on the pool of customers that they have, based on how long they've been in business. You know, it's just, it's, it's a lot of factors that go into it. So when you spoke about the insurance company having an insurance company, is that like the ultimate underwriter of the insurance? Yes. Um, it Well, it really depends. But just to give you an idea, so... It depends on the specific company. Like a lot of these newer companies like uh, Haven Life and Bestow and Breeze and Jetty and Lemonade, right? Like all these companies, most of them are insurance agencies and their insurance policies are being underwritten by bigger companies like Munich Ray, Assurity, Mass Mutual. So those insurance companies also have even bigger reinsurance companies, right? So 
they're not necessarily always the bigger companies that are underwriting the policies. Sometimes they're just a bigger company behind the veil of, of these much, much bigger insurance companies. So like Mass Mutual will have a reinsurance company, right? Like it's weird to think about it, but they, they have one out there somewhere. I don't know the name of it, but it's out there. <laughs> okay. So I want to pivot a little bit because I remember, especially when I was, you know, just out of college, I had my first job and everybody who is older than you feels the urge that they need to give you like all this advice in like one conversation. <laughs> and everybody talks about insurance and, you know, there's like a thousand different types of insurance. I feel like that, you know, people suggest to you and you've got to have disability insurance. You have to have this insurance and that insurance. What insurances do you actually need? Okay. <clears throat> That's a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a loaded one, but I'll keep it to three. Okay. For me, the three most important types of insurance you need, and, and I'll say outside of health insurance, just because it, that, we don't really want to go down that rabbit right. hole on, on this call. <laughs> but the, I would say the three most important types of insurance you should have would be life insurance, disability, and dental. Now, you're probably going to say dental. Why dental? Well, going to the dentist. <laughs> if there's anything wrong, that can really add up. Yes, it does. You know, they, they recently just released a study that showed that bad, poor dental health was linked to Alzheimer's, right? So they have a very big correlation. Also, poor dental health leads to all types of heart disease issues, you know, and worst of all, it leads to bad breath, right? Like, Honestly, like people will not give you a second chance if you have bad breath. <laughs> like they just don't yeah. do it. And, you know, for most of us being, you know, most of, you know, your listeners there, some of them are in the world where, you know, we're freelancers and we're employees and we work nine to five and we're in front of people and we're speakers. You know, all of that can affect exactly how your business grows. Like people don't realize like how important dental health is. And most of us don't take care of our teeth because we don't have dental coverage and, you know, if we had it and we were paying for it, we'd probably be more willing to go because it was like, OK, well, I'm spending all this money and I'm not using it. But not having the coverage, we're definitely not getting our, you know, annual or semi-annual checkups and we're not getting our deep cleanings. Right. Like it's it's kind of ridiculous, like how bad your life can be if you don't take good care of your teeth. There was a whole documentary in the United Kingdom. It's, it's on YouTube um, if you guys want to check it out. It's called The Truth About Your Teeth. and it, they did a two-part series, and it, it's so amazing. Like these, they did a, a a little case study where they showed this woman with this like two different pictures of her, one with like bad teeth and one with like really good teeth, and the same picture shown to different people. The the version of her with bad teeth, people were like, "Oh, she looks uneducated. She looks like she smells. I wouldn't want to know her." <laughs> and then the exact same picture with good teeth, people was like, "Oh, she looks like she smells great. She looks like she graduated from college with a degree. I would love to be her friend." It was amazing. Like your teeth are important. They're both important for your personal appearance and then they're also important for your internal health overall. And of course, it's vain. It is a vain metric, but unfortunately, people look at that. That's something that people look at when they when they deal with you in a personal space. I can totally relate to that because you know when I was younger, and you know, girls would be, you know, talking, and it was every girl agreed that one of the first things they look at on a person is their teeth, 
It's just, it's right in the middle of your face. You're talking to them. That's what you're looking at. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's huge. And the reason why I say disability, I think a lot of people get confused when you start talking disability insurance because they don't really know what you're talking about. Like, are you talking about social security disability? Do I have to be disabled before I can get it? Like, what are you talking about? What is it this disability mm-hmm. stuff, right? So first and foremost, I like to call it paycheck insurance. I think it helps people understand it better when you say you need paycheck insurance because now they start thinking, oh, insurance for my paycheck, right? Like, for me, that's a better understanding of it. But you need it. Like, there's so many people that are becoming disabled. The the statistics for disability are ridiculous. Like, over 90% of all disabilities are caused by illness, not accident. And then only 10% of disabilities are work-related. So you won't you know, you probably won't be getting workers comp, right? Like it's so many, it's so many issues that if you don't have this type of coverage to at least help, you know, it usually covers up to 60% of your check. So if you don't have that, you know, once you run out of, you know, if you work at a nine to five job, once you run out of your, your paid time off and once you run out of your, you know, your sick days, right? Like, like, what do you do then? Right? Like what happens if you're, ill and you're disabled and you can't work. Same thing goes for freelancers. What if you're a freelance writer and you cannot write, you know, what do you do for that income? Right. I mean, it's just, it's a big thing. Like a lot of us are bloggers, you know, you know, you and Dennis, like what happens if you guys lose your voice for, for six months and you can't do your I podcast? think Dennis would love that. You know, that. like this weird <laughs> stuff that happens, right? <laughs> you know, so, but like, what do you do when you're in that situation where you need income and you cannot work, right? Like that's the that's a huge thing. Like to to want to do it, to need it, and to not be able to do it, and to not have an income. And also, like what happens with households that rely on a two person income to survive? What happens when that one person's income goes away, or a single income family? What happens, right? It's so many things that happen. Um, and I think if you start with disability insurance, like. I think it's, it's a lot of things like it's, it's one of those hard things because disability insurance is something that a lot of people just do not think about. And so they don't put it in their budget. But I think if you buy it when you're younger, it's going to be much more affordable and it'll be something you always do that you stay consistent with. And you'll always have that coverage because this is an essential. I mean, it's essential, like over 46 percent of all foreclosures on conventional loans, conventional mortgages happen because of disabilities people got disabled and they could not pay their mortgage. It's huge. So I have a question and I know from the surface, it sounds very like, well, duh, but what is the difference between short-term disability and long-term disability? Now I know like short-term disability is like not forever, but is there like a period? And I would imagine long-term disability is that forever. Okay, so the the difference between the two is basically what's covered as well as like how long it's covered for. So usually short term disability uh, products will be for like Mm -hmm. pregnancy, right? Like being out of work because you're pregnant, right? That's just short term. It's not months. It's, you know, usually these products, um, they have a limit, what's called waiting periods, where you have to be disabled for a specific amount of time before they'll start paying out. Short term disability policy can have a, just like a 14 day elimination period where, you know, it pays out and it usually only pays out up to six months. It usually doesn't pay out longer than that. A long term disability policy is going to have longer elimination periods. So you might have a 30-day elimination period, a 60-day, a 90-day, even up to a year. 
And, and that, that just means that that's how long you have to be disabled before this policy kicks in. OK. And then with the long term disability, they can last up to a year, five years, 10 years, or you can choose up to specific age options like to age 63 or to age 65. So when it comes to long term disability, you do have a lot longer term period or option. Usually the recommended uh, uh, length to go with is five years. Like that's like the kind of like the average is what people choose for a long term disability policy. So um, you said life insurance, dental insurance, and disability insurance. So like I currently work full-time for an employer and I'm offered all three of those kinds of insurance. Mm-hmm. Is it better to decline that insurance and then rather do it yourself? Like does it work out cheaper sometimes or are you always better going with your employer? When it comes to disability insurance, if you can go through your employer, get it 100%. Like, it's definitely going to be more affordable through your employer. I would just say make sure, you know, try to understand if you have own occupation coverage. And what own occupation coverage means is that, so there are two different ways a disability insurance policy will pay out. It can pay out based on any occupation or your own occupation. Now, if you have a policy that has an own occupation rider attached to it, it means that as long as you can't do your specific job, they will pay out, right? It doesn't matter if you can do another job or a similar job, they're still going to pay you out if you become disabled. Only, you know, if if you can't do your specific job, when you become disabled, they're going to pay out. Now, the other type (laughs) pays out, it says you can't be able to do any job in order for us to pay out. So it's important to know what type of policy you have, because if you have a policy that doesn't have the own occupation attached to it, then that means that you could get disabled and not be able to do your job. And they will say, "Okay, well, can you be a cashier at Walmart? And you're like, well, yeah, I could do that. And they're like, "Okay, well, you can work. So you need to go work at Walmart. And they don't care if it's a lower paying job. They don't care if it's something you've never done. They won't pay out if you can actually work. So most employers will probably have that own occupation attached to it. Just make sure when you get when you do anything with your employer, don't just click the button. A lot of us do that. <laughs> Read these policies like it's, it's easy to say, OK, well, they're covering it, you know, whatever. But and, you know, usually you're going to get a you know really big discount. But it's very important to read those policies. So I would say for disability insurance, 100 percent, if you can get it through an employer, get it. Absolutely. For dental and life insurance, absolutely not. Your life insurance through your employer is usually only one times your annual income. So if you make $50,000 a year, you'll have a $50,000 life insurance policy. Usually these policies do not go with you when you leave. They stay with the company. Either the company terminates them or, you know, they keep them. Well, places have done it in the past, but they don't come with you. Um, So it's not really a good Definitely not a good idea for life insurance because you definitely need more than one times your annual income. I always recommend up to at least 15 times, 15 to 20 times your annual income when you're getting life insurance. Um, And just think about it like this. The reason why I say 15 times your annual income or 20 times your annual income is because if you're used, if your family is used to living on $50,000 a year and you get something with 10 times your annual income, that means they only have 10 years of your income. If you do 20 times your income, they have 20 years, right? So that's kind of how I look at it um, as far as what life insurance goes. Um, Plus, life insurance is much more affordable outside of an employer. You can get much more coverage for a much lower rate. 
Same thing with dental. I'm not a big fan of dental insurance as much as I am a fan of dental plans because we have like dental discount plans versus dental insurance. Uh, dental discount plans are, you know, the, the only downside to those types of plans is that they are like a savings network. So you do have to go to in-network dentist. However, you get savings immediately. There's no waiting period. There are no annual maximums. So you get to start, you know, from day one and go in and, you know, use it to get whatever discounts you need. If you need to get a t- tooth pulled or just do your regular checkups and cleanings versus dental insurance, which usually has like a $1,500 annual maximum. And then you say, hey, I need a root canal. And they say, oh, you haven't been in the plan long enough. You have to wait two years for that. And by the way, that root canal is probably going to cost you three grand. We're only going to cover you for the first 1500 You have to pay the difference, right? So I'm not really a big fan of dental insurance um, plans as I am dental discount plans. Okay. So let me just make sure I, I have all that because I feel like that was a lot of information. Mm-hmm. Keep your... Disability insurance through your employer employer, and on your own have your dental and your life insurance. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And a dental savings plan can be more beneficial than a dental insurance. Yes. And you can use them. You can use them together if you have them both. Um, But I would recommend, you know, honestly, like, the dental, I have a dental discount plan is nine bucks a month. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's just a, it's a no brainer because it's, it's like, there's no waiting period. There are no annual maximums. You know, I, dental insurance plans can be expensive too. You know, that's another thing. So they're, they're called either dental savings plans or dental discount plans. You'll see, you'll see those two different variations of it, but they're the same thing. All right, cool. So what would you say is one of the best success stories you have of one of your clients who was covered by insurance? So perhaps something went wrong and they were covered and insurance literally saved them. Well, (laughs) (laughs) another loaded question. It's hard to say success, right? Like it's hard to say success just because like being covered by insurance, like when you need it, it's usually when bad stuff happens. Right. So, but I will say I, I had a client who we had purchased a policy. It was for them and their grandmother. They were going to pay it. They was covering their grandmother. And they had been a client of mine. We would talk on and off for maybe four years. And I hadn't heard from them in a while. And they were like, hey, I was just calling to let you know I moved. And um, it was like they, they had, they basically we had become so cool, they forgot that they actually bought a life insurance policy for their grandmother and that they were paying for it. She had already passed for like four months and they never filed the claim. They didn't even remember they had the policy. And I was like, I asked them, I was like, well, how's your grandmother doing? And I was like, oh, she passed. I was like, oh, well, did you file the claim, um, you know, for the policy? You know, and it was like, you know, sorry for your loss. She was like, <laughs> oh, I, I, I have a policy. I'm like, uh, yeah. What are, you, what are you talking about? Like, yeah. How do you think you know me, right? Like, <laughs> so um, it was a good thing because they had moved, and it was just a whole lot of stuff happening, and that it was really unexpected for them to have that that money. So that was one of my, I guess you would say, success stories that I that I dealt with. And I've also had a lot of the opposite happen. You know, I'd have people calling me saying, hey, um, my, my dad died. I found your information and I just want to, 
you know, see what we need to do to file this claim for this insurance. And I would be like, oh, you know, your dad never moved forward with the coverage. So that happens a lot. So that happens more than the other one. So that's something that people, you know, you definitely want to be thinking about. That's why it's so important just to get it right. Like, like, honestly, I told both of my parents, I said, if you don't get life insurance, I would not be at your funeral. And I meant it because I think a lot of people don't understand, like life insurance is very cheap. Most people overestimate the cost of life insurance. It's very affordable. Like if you can do your Netflix and your cell phone bill and you and have your little Starbucks every day, you can get life insurance. Like it's just no reason behind not having it. Um, even people who say stuff like, well, I don't have any dependents. I'm single. Why do I mm-hmm. need life insurance? And I tell them, well, somebody has to bury you. Right. right. Are you going to leave that burden on your parents? Because that's pretty much what you're saying, because somebody's going to have to bury you. And that's what a lot of people don't realize. And then, you know, who has ten thousand dollars just lying around to bury somebody? Right. We see all these young people on um, this GoFundMe trying to get life insurance money up for their their kids or their young teenagers or these young adults. And it's like, well, it doesn't cost anything as much as we spend now, like we're a spending nation, like as much as we spend now, like it's really about getting our priorities together and saying, hey, OK, let me get this little twenty dollar a month policy for if something happens to me. Right. Because, of course, nobody thinks anything is going to happen to them. Nobody wants anything to happen to them. But I mean, we live in a crazy world. Right. Like we just don't know what's going to happen. So you're you're totally right, because even, you know, you can get in the car on you go into work like a regular old day and then a terrible car accident can come and then your whole life has been flipped upside down and it's completely unexpected. Yes. Like last year, this, um, this lady was driving to work on 400 North in Georgia. It's a highway and she was driving. Her spouse was driving. Her spouse left for work and saw an accident and didn't know that, Hey, she, this, um, she was a radio person and she was on the radio talking about this big accident that happened. And it was it was her her husband. He had he got killed by um, a tire from a, a semi truck came over the like from the opposite side of the highway, came over the barricade and crashed right into his car. Died instantly. I mean, it's like stuff like that that you can't prepare for that. Then you could do about it. You know? No. Oh, that's heartbreaking. It really is. It's, I got goosebumps from it. Yeah. And like a lot of people don't know, like tires kill a lot of people. Like it's a weird thing. I mean, it's I know all this stuff, of course, because I sell insurance. So it's like, you know, some of my some of the stuff I know is a bit morbid. But like we just did a study on um, texting and driving and it showed that 90 percent of people text while they're driving. And the same 90 percent of people think it should be illegal to text and drive. So it's kind of weird because it's like, yeah, I think it should be illegal, but I'm still going to do it. Yeah, it's like one of those do as I say, not as I do sort of situations. (laughs) Exactly. You know, and it's weird. Like last night, um, there's this restaurant called Hattie B's. They sell hot chicken um, here down in Atlanta. And uh, me and my husband were coming from there and we were just driving and we were behind this car. They were going super slow and we were on the highway and we're like, what is going on with these people? Like, why are they going so slow? And we're like, okay, well, maybe it's just an old person. They can't see at night. You know, Mm -hmm. we're giving all these excuses. So we get over and we drive up and we look to the left and no lie, the girl is literally holding her phone Mm -hmm. in her hand with her head down driving. It's so dangerous. And 
you know, the point of the study that I did was that if you own a cell phone, you definitely should have life insurance (laughs) because like we're doing crazy stuff. We're taking selfies and falling off mountains. You know, we just do all this crazy stuff that, you know, is unnecessary, but it's dangerous. And a lot of us don't have life insurance. Right. Oh, man. So, well, now that you have imparted all this uh, information for us about insurance, can you tell us a little bit about your company? Tell us about Simply Insurance. What do you guys do? Sure. So, uh, Simply Insurance was created from the the idea that I, I had customers constantly saying to me, you know, after selling insurance over the phone for a long time, customers started saying, hey, uh, can I just like do this online? Can I not talk to you? Like, is there any way I could do this without talking to you? And so I took that as a hint, (laughs) like, okay, well, most people probably want to do this online, like they do their Amazon shopping and all those other things. So I created Simply Insurance to be a place where people can go online, get their insurance education. You know, we talk about insurance, teach you about insurance, and you can buy directly online. So most of our products, like our life insurance product, we have a company that can insure you within five minutes up to a million dollars with no exam. Um, for disability, you can get a disability insurance policy, no exam, no income docs. You can get approved within 15 minutes. Same thing for homeowners. Like our our site is all about the direct straight through process for our customers. Um, so that's kind of how simply the, the idea behind Simply Insurance was started. Um, we started two years ago and um, on more of like the entrepreneurial side, you know, last month we hit 6,000 visitors and, you know, we were able to clear 15 grand in revenue. So it's it's a pretty good business uh, thing that I decided to do because when I was just selling over the phone, I would still make maybe 100 grand a year, but it was like 16 hour work days, like wow. literally working for 16 hours a day. Like, because I was not a good salesperson, y'all. Like I was like, I knew I knew all the product knowledge. So I had to outwork everybody, right? Like I, I, I wasn't like this, you know, really, really good salesperson. I sounded great over the phone. Right. Like and I knew the product knowledge. But when it came to like trying to convince you to not get off the phone with me, that nah, it, it wasn't going to work. <laughs> I was like such a pushover, like, oh, OK, you got to go. OK, <laughs> I've done over the phone sales, too. And I was terrible. It's hard. <laughs> it is really hard. So uh, that's kind of where Simply Insurance came from. And a lot of our you know, we, we built Simply Insurance more like a blog. So when I first started is all the content on the site I wrote. So everything is from my perspective. It's simply insurance, but it is an insurance blog um, because that's how people find us. Like no one's typing in simply insurance to find us. They're really typing in like how to get life insurance quotes with no phone calls from agents. And they'll find, you know, simply insurance, a blog post. You know, I created all the content, kind of educated myself because that was one of the things a lot of people don't do is that when you go into anything new, you have to educate yourself first. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't know websites could make money. You know, I, I didn't know any of this stuff two years ago. So I, I really educated myself and learned what SEO was, learned, you know, writing content, you know, because I hate writing. Like I hated it. I hated writing. But I was like, hey, if I want to do this, writing has to be a part of it. Right. So I got all the tools to help me with writing, learn what SEO is. I learned about FinCon. You know, I got involved in all these different things to put myself in a better mental situation so I could understand how to be educated and go in there and build it. So I took all my insurance knowledge and, you know, I added it to this knowledge of SEO and I started writing content. And, you know, it took me nine months before I made my first sale. It's $120 um, online, my first commission. 
took nine months of me still, you know, putting in tons of hours, still working those 16 hour days, talking to people on the phone, trying to get people to buy a $35 insurance policy. And they telling me they think the price is too high. And I was, <laughs> so it was a, it was a lot of that. Um, but it, it worked out and it's all about staying consistent. You know, I was listening once to one of you guys' podcasts and um, the young lady you had on was talking about how working out and staying, having a consistent workout is just like having a consistent business. Like if you, if you stay consistent with it, it'll grow. But, you know, if you don't stay consistent with it, it won't. And that's really the truth. Consistency is the biggest thing that allowed us to grow Simply Insurance um, from, you know, from just zero traffic to 6,000 visitors to, a, you know, a six-figure business in under two years. Well, that's really exciting and a very big congratulations to you. Glad to hear that's going well and what you have uh, managed to build during that time. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Money Clan, we're just going to take a quick break and then we'll dive right back into the value link round. Kate, our sponsor today is Masterworks, which allows ordinary people to invest in blue chip art investments. You know, Dan, I think this is such a cool idea because typically whenever you think of investing in art, you think of the people who are like super duper wealthy, like multimillionaires. And now regular old Joes like me and you can invest in, you know, a Pablo Picasso or a Monet or, you know, other huge art name. Yeah, Kate, it really is a great opportunity. And at Chain of Wealth, we talk about the importance of diversifying all the time. So if you want to have a look at art, it is definitely a great investment to make. And in fact, it's outperformed the S&P 500 by over 250% since 2000. Yeah, I was going to mention that, that it's not just a recent thing. Since 2000, it has outperformed the S&P year after year after year, and it's a significant difference. Yeah, it's really cool. The minimum investment is $1,000. If you do have cash laying around that you're looking to put to use, definitely consider investing. You can head on over to chainofwealth.com forward slash art. That's chainofwealth.com forward slash art. If you use that link, you will skip the wait list of over 17,000 people. So definitely check it out. And if you want to invest in art, this is definitely where you want to go. For sure. Okay, so so I want to know what your retirement plan is looking like now. So my retirement plan right now is really more so of a cash thing. I mean, me and my husband, we haven't really sat down and kind of go, going over that. It's just really saving. That's it. We haven't invested in anything yet other than saving. Okay. All right, cool. And uh, do you have a favorite book that you're currently into? My favorite book... Um, has always been don't sweat the small stuff and it's all small stuff. Like that is my book. <laughs> okay. Like a hundred percent. It's pretty much about not, it's, it, the book is about in a hundred years, what matters, right? Like if you look at everything like that, like, is this going to matter in a hundred years? Then you don't really get mad at stuff that's unnecessary to get mad at. And you don't really worry about things that you shouldn't really be worried about. You know, like, 
oh, I spilled this cup of coffee on my shirt. I'm mad, but will it matter in 100 years, right? Like everything is small stuff, you know? And the reason why I like that book is because it really puts you in a better mindset of of staying positive because I think that's important. Like a lot of people, you know, they say they have a positive attitude, but, you know, they'll start the day at that positive attitude and they'll end the day at a negative space versus maintaining that positive attitude throughout. And I think it helped me do that. It helped me understand that, hey, you know, you don't have to stress out over every single thing, right? Like every mistake. There's people that they just, their day is just like stressful. Like they're mad, they're upset. And I don't ever want to be in that Mm -hmm. mind space, right? Like I always have to say to myself, hey, and it doesn't mean like, oh, you know, I care about anything, right? Don't do anything, right? Because nothing will be here in 100 years. That doesn't mean that. It just means that when you look at situations and you say to yourself, hey, will this matter in 100 years? Most things won't matter. So it's probably not a good idea to stress over it. I like that. So do you have a favorite quote you try to live by? Yes. Here's what I always say. I live by this. Every day that we wake up, you know, Dennis and Katie, you wake up, you shower, you brush your teeth, you floss, you brush your tongue, you know, you get your coffee, you watch your TV, you pick up your phone, you look at your computer, you know, maybe you have a morning journal and you write something in that journal. Everything that we do when we wake up every day is living somebody else's dream. Okay. Somebody else's dream, you know, the company that we're doing this podcast through, you know, they had a dream that we would be using them, right? Like the headsets that we're using, those companies dreamed it. We're living their dream. So if we can live 24 hours a day in somebody, in other people's dreams, then we should be ashamed of ourselves if we can't give ourselves an hour for our own dreams. And I live by that every day. I won't go a day without working on my own dreams. I absolutely love that. And it's so true. Like when you when you think about it, like all you can really do is worry about yourself, but we worry about everyone else around us instead of focusing on what's really important. We really do. We put way too much stuff into other people's dreams and we don't usually put enough into ours, right? Like it's scary to think about it. Like it, when you when you think about it and you say, oh, how long did I stay on Facebook today? Oh, I gave Mark Zuckerberg right. three, you know, three hours of my life today. I gave his dream three hours of my life. You know, but I didn't give my own dreams an hour. I didn't give my own dreams 30 minutes. Like, how how can you even go to sleep? I mean, I wouldn't be able to go to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's very true. So we've loved hanging out today. Do you have any other last parting piece of advice for our listeners? And then we'll say goodbye. Sure. Um, Whatever you do, just don't stop. Like, that's the most important thing. Never give up. Don't quit fail is okay. Failure is fine, you know, because you're going to fail. You know, I failed several times in my insurance space before I got to the point that I'm at. So don't worry about failure. Just don't stop because once you stop, that's the real failure. The real failure is when you actually quit. It's not when you actually fail at something and move on. So I would just say Denver, stop. Don't stop. That's my best advice. Totally true. Money Clang, we've been out with Sa'al. You can check out his website at simplyinsurance.com and definitely make sure you're covered at least those three basic insurance that Sa spoke about and make sure that you have adequate coverage for everyone else. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. 
But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.